Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the OdaFest podcast. I am your host, Nancy, and I'm here with Jay and Angelo. Hello. It's us. Again. They said it couldn't be done. And before we get started, we've got a couple of announcements, really just one big one. It's your reminder to not do it again. You've already missed the first tier of prices for OdaFest weekend passes. You so fools. please get your weekend passes at the early bird price of $59.37 at OdaFest.com. Please don't miss your second chance to have a discount. Save your money <laughs> at OdaFest for OdaFest. Don't get tier pricing hangover. Mm-hmm. Trust us. Do you and I want to go to SakuraCon uh, we know next this. year? <laughs> yeah. And I have I, I realized that I have missed multiple early bird pricing tiers for their tickets. Oh yeah. Oof. To the point where like it is it is a matter because there's two tickets of like had we bought them three months ago, we would have saved like cumulatively forty dollars US between the two of us. Oof, big Bro, we oof. Also- we also missed, like, another set of t- tickets. We didn't even look, I feel like, for Rocky Horror Picture Show because uh, yes. Halloween's coming up and we wanted to go. We have a friend. We have a local friend who's like, we've never done Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do it. I want to go. And yep. quite frankly, I know the movie. I've seen the movie. I love that movie. But Halloween, Rocky Horror Picture Show, there's, like, an, an event around it. Yeah, there is. And I only know of this from the Drew Carey episode. Really? Yes. <laughs> I have also never done the Rocky Horror Picture Show event. Let's do it next thing. year. So I also have not experienced this. And so we were we were all talking and we wanted to, to set it up. We wanted to go. We had not picked out a day. We, we just knew that it was happening ago. the weekend, but we never picked out the specific day that we were going to do it because yeah. we didn't know what our schedule was going to look like. And in the case of me and Dio, we were in Japan. Uh, our friend was down in Las Vegas last weekend, so they weren't able to properly uh, uh, decide anything. Jay wasn't certain what their uh, work schedule was going to be like. And so we're finally looking at it. We're like, okay, we got to do this. We got to decide on the day. It's sold out. Yep. But I should have anticipated that, I feel like. It's a very popular show in town, and I think they're the only theater who doesn't. So Oof. it is okay. There will be Halloween next year. We can always try and do something ourselves, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. Like, I will say that being in, you know, the dark theater environment, having all the little props and bits and pieces uh, with, like, you know, 80 to 200 other people, there's, like, there's a group sort of approach you know all that i know is that you're supposed to dress as a sweet transvestite from transsexual transylvania and yep. dance to the time warp. <laughs> there's there's more to it than that but, but you've got the basics down wonderful i and just want to go oh, because see. all of you have never seen it no but all, because all of you have never done the show you're all virgins I, yeah i just want to go experience and see it i you don't necessarily need to participate but i i want to see what it's like no you're i feel like if you go you go 
<laughs> Look, there's that least you get one pass to actually go experience it. And then the next time you have to participate. But like you got to get at least one where you get to at least see what everyone does and how it all works. I got thrown into it. I never even saw the first time I watched Rock Creek Horror Picture Show was at that theater. Oh, wow. uh, getting marked as a virgin. And we did the whole thing. So wow. I said, you got to jump right in and do the time warp again. I guess I guess we're going as virgins next year. I suppose so. Let's look but happy Halloween, ahead. everybody! It is yes November. I hope you 1st all have right a great now. sugar hangover right now. If not, yeah. I hope you're on the way to the store to get that discount Halloween candy. It is disappearing quickly. Yeah, definitely. If it if it's not already gone, like I know people who line up at eight a.m. when shops open and they go and they buy up all the leftover Halloween candy. It's crazy. There is actually That's something weird. that I've been noticing over the last mm. couple of years as far as like sale Halloween candy goes. Yeah. Uh, usually, like by the time November hits, by the time Halloween happens, most of the candy is already gone. They stopped ordering it weeks ago. And uh, it seems to me like the best deals, like the $5 off of a bag or, or whatever actually happen at the end of september so that's like the wrong end of halloween season i will agree to disagree (laughs) i don't think that happens as much like i i understand that they're trying not to overstock i absolutely get that part but they are definitely still selling candy and that's definitely still full price hmm so they're not doing the discount anymore no they're not not doing the discount until like they need to they like that's not how a good why would they unnecessarily discount when they don't need to people uh, this is the the demand peak not the supply peak it is it really is and that's what uh what the stores have figured out they don't have to discount after halloween that much anymore it's just they stop ordering it and their stock eventually sells out i mean what you're actually buying here's the thing when you're buying quote-unquote discounted Halloween candy or just regular Halloween candy, there are very few variants of candy that are actually like shipped and sold for Halloween and stocked for Halloween. What you are buying is the wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> you're buying the well, orange wrapper. I feel like not the just that. Or the pumpkin wrapper or it's you know, the it's witch wrapper. It's because it's a giant bag of it, right? You don't find like a giant bag of 40 snack sized uh, uh, chocolate bars any other time of the year, except maybe uh, Easter. But that's that's it's not the same. You kind of can, but they don't like again, it's not in high stock, but I think they carry it somewhat throughout the year. I feel like I, I see shoppers has it a lot. Probably the larger uh, grocery stores, but get your fill. You know, get your fill. Go out there, get your candy. Hell yeah! Do what I do. I went to Costco and I bought a box of like full size candy just for myself. Nice. Full size bars. Here we go. Coffee crisp. Kit yes. Kats. Mars bars. Oh my god! Do they have like full sized packages? They do. Like they do. Halloween it's a packages box. of full sized. Uh... It's not Halloween. Oh, I think it's the their standard stock. Oh, standard it stock. Wow. It's a box. It's 18 full-size chocolate bars, and it's like Mars bars, Coffee Crisp, Kit Kat, and Smarties. I can't remember the last time I've been to a Costco, just for the sake of going to a Costco. But I remember 
eons ago, <laughs> eons ago, I would go in there and they would have like gas powered go karts on sale. Oh, wait, what? Angelo, Angelo, <laughs> Angelo, yes. Angelo. It's 2023, yeah. my guy. They're e scooters now. They're, they're e-scooters now. <laughs> I know, oh, oh, I saw e-bikes there over the summer. E-bikes. Yeah. Well, yeah, they sell they sell all sorts of recreational stuff. They sell oh, totally. Uh, you know, rafts they sell good and kayaks stuff. and mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it? Uh, paddle boards. Mm-hmm. They have all those things. They Damn. do. They had kayaks for a while there too. I don't have I don't have the purpose or the need for a Costco membership, which is why I've never really gone there in in, in ages. But uh, uh, one of these days, one of these days, I should just get it for the for come the with it. me on a magical tour of Costco. Save on the gas. Use the the Costco yes. gas bar and experience the joy that is potentially the Costco experience for you. So, on the topic of Costco, I don't know how we got here, but here we are. <laughs> um, I do know how we got here, and we're going to stay here. Uh, <laughs> so Costco got a new CEO. Um, There's someone that I believe was already in the company, so it's not like they're outside coming in. But one of the big things that people are looking at right now... So Costco... Costco is a publicly traded company as well, so like, they're Mm -hmm. doing fine. I don't know why I know all this. It was just in the article that I read. But the only thing that really was catching my eye, the reason why I was reading the article was because people were trying to speculate on the direction that the CEO would take regarding the hot dog deal. Oh, right. As I'm sure most of our listeners would be aware of because Costco's hot dog deal is part of like contemporary culture. It's the zeitgeist of our convenience food. uh, You gotta have that $1.50. Yes, and it comes with a drink and it has been that way for something like 40 years. So 150 Since used to be inception. sort of experience. Is the hot dog $1.50 in Canada too? Yes. Wow. And that hot dog deal has been around for something like 40 years. Back when 40 years ago, a buck 50 was not as cheap as it is today. Like you can't buy anything close to the hot dog meal deal for a buck 50. Not even at Ikea. Not no. even Ikea hot it's dogs are this cheap. No. So with that being said, I'm pretty sure Fammy Chicky fuck costs more yeah, than $1.50. Like, God damn. It is kind of insane. I think adjusted for inflation now, it's supposed to be about six bucks, which is not like crazy even. But still cheaper than most still, burgers. Yeah, it's very cheap. Pretty good deal, but everyone's looking at it because everyone knows that like their uh, roast chickens, which are I think about eight dollars, which is also below market value, uh, because most roast chickens at like Superstore, Safeway, they're over ten dollars. It's their mm-hmm. loss leader, but I think it's pretty cool that I don't know. Like in this day and age, there's like all. all Costco kind of gets it. They're like, we're a huge, huge company. People really like our benefits of shopping here and the quality of our products, but we're still going to be like eating it on a $1.50 hot dog and pop. Yeah. We should go. <laughs> I we mean, should go. $1.50 for a hot that. dog. That can move I'll support butts. that. 
That can get people in the yeah. store. And $8 chickens will get people through the store. Yep. Uh, if you went with inflation, it was like, oh, it's a $5 hot dog. Well, that wouldn't really bring people to mm-hmm. the store. I don't know. I don't know if this still happens. Is there still like a hot dog and sausage stands outside of like Canadian Tire Home Depot on hot summer days? There's a Do subway. I, look, I, feel like like I haven't seen one in a while. Frequents a Canadian Tire. <laughs> so I don't know about Canadian Tire, but the last time I went to Home Depot in the summer, they had a subway stand out front. I am once again like reaching deep back in time. Very frequently during the summer, my dad would be like, "Hey, Angelo, we're going to Canadian Tire. Let's go get some lunch." <laughs> And we were legitimately like, go do our shopping, go do the shopping, whatever the hell we were looking for in Canadian Tire. Every now and then, my dad would just be going to look. But the point was going to the, the hot dog stand outside Angelo the Canadian Tire feed. for lunch. <laughs> exactly. He nurtures for his young <laughs> by letting him sip the gentle hot dog juice. Oh, God. <laughs> hot dog princess. Gross. Ah. Oh. Uh, I do remember Canadian Tire, Totem, maybe Rona? When I was a kid, they used to have popcorn stands inside the store. So you would go and they would hand you a little bag of popcorn freshly popped off their little stand. And you would nom it while, you know, mom and dad are looking at power tools. I I do remember (laughs) that Home Depot uh, and, and Totem specifically used to have free popcorn. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. I never saw this. I don't know if Totem is a brand out east. Or like it was a brand. No, I've never even heard of Totem. Totem died in probably like around the early 2000s, I want to say. Early 2000s. Yeah, I don't know why they went under, but I was sad about I don't know if they were bought out specifically or just straight up sold and gone. Um, But like, yeah, that was their, their branding. I remember seeing a few of them. They were definitely not as uh prolific as like a home depot but they came around before rona's mm-hmm. we're here rona was Lowe's still popular here. out east and they like moved out west can i can i i'm gonna give uh listeners a view behind the curtain for a moment oh so this is hilarious because we're, we're like 15 minutes into the episode <laughs> And we have like an itinerary that we don't necessarily always stick to. Like the itinerary is literally other than maybe news and like for sponsors in the past. We want to make sure we hit those points when we talk about topics. This is probably the longest we've ever gone not talking about anything that we have on the itinerary. (laughs) We had three things on the itinerary. We have not touched on any of them yet. And it's funny because you'll like, like, if we get there, you'll like what we're talking about, probably. We hope that you enjoy what we talk about in general. But the other funny part is because... So really get back a little bit. Hold on, hold on. While... while Okay. You two were gone, and I had the guest host come in, and because uh-huh. they were super new to uh, everything that we do, we stuck to the topics fairly uh, heavily. We're like, we don't want to wander off too much because we don't know where we might go. <laughs> but uh-huh. now, see, this is this is uh, uh, familiarity and. <laughs> Seniority speaking in this role. We're talking about hot dogs and, 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 and defunct hardware stores. Uh, hardware stores and yes, old and Canadiana. Halloween candy. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, think Lord. it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like we drifted a little bit. 
Have they said anything about the $1.50 hot dogs at Costco? There's at a lot of point, speculating. No. Yes, there's just, it's purely speculation. And if I had to guess, because I actually don't, uh, I, I, I've heard in the same article, this article is very informative. Um, they actually may not be operating the hot dog at a loss, but it's like super close. Like they've done so many things to make sure that they try to make any kind of money from it. Um or at least inhibit the loss that they like they make the own their hot dogs they source the 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 meat and you know all that stuff so it's usually locally sourced too mhm so with that being said i think if they i hate saying it cuz it's almost a betrayal but i think if they they upped it by like 50 cents to make it 2 dollars no one would cry about it necessarily like they might cry on principle but i don't think anyone would be like yeah that's an unfair deal. I don't think anyone would actually yeah. be sad. But I don't think I you wouldn't. could do 250 for some reason. There's something about crossing that boundary, I guess. There really is. But that's why I still feel like in my mind, $2.50 for a hot dog and drink. But the is thing fine. is is that you ever notice how it's always 199, 299, 397 oh, like they they're, they always just shy of crossing like an even boundary mm-hmm. so i think if it went to two dollars it'd be okay like if they crossed the one dot something it would still be okay mm-hmm. but i get your point about it not exceeding two dollars i don't know why as it silly is because as it like is. it's a dollar like asking for a dollar more at this point for a, a price raise a price hike of a dollar over 40 years of its existence like, but have you? That's insane have you value, noticed but at the they, same time, I just don't want to. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, but have you noticed that like uh, they've they've done other things to curb that expense, right? Like they yes. put in self serve. Yep. That didn't used to be a thing. You had to go line up and order, and then the person taking your order had to go make your order yep. for you. They just have self serve kiosks now, they which also is fantastic. Have, they also have. Uh, I don't know how much Canada gets this, but I know that like the Costco menu in the States or in other countries that they operate, they have like experimental food items or just like classier food items. Like I think they have something called like a chicken bake, which looks like almost like a chicken pot pie kind of deal. But that thing is solidly like eight or nine dollars. They so they're just things that they like actually price at value or like at market value. Whereas the hot dog is like the god of deals, you know? Yeah, that's true. Because like we have poutine, right? Like on most of the Costco menus. And those are priced like normally. So they're somewhere in the eight-ish dollar, nine-ish dollar territory. Which, you know, okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. They actually use really good fries. They're like this nicely battered fry and it's very good. Very crispy. Very tender on the inside. Very, very nice fries for their poutine. I'm okay with that. Costco from one small podcast in the corner of the internet. Please keep your hot dog deal. Yeah, we love you. (laughs) Don't change. Not a sponsor. (laughs) Not a sponsor, but, you know, don't change. I mean, I haven't gone there yet, but if uh, if you keep the hot dog deal, maybe. Look, Angelo, I, I already offered. You just got to take go. my hand. We should have. We haven't had a podcast dinner uh, this season. The way that housing prices are, we'll all be eating hot costco. We haven't I mean, had a podcast dinner yet, so let's do that. 
<laughs> yeah, it it's Costco. been a while. Are we really going to make $1.50 hot dogs the podcast It can be dinner? a field trip out to Costco. Dude, it'll be the best value one we've ever had. <laughs> it would. True. It'd be cheaper than any of the Korean meals we've had. Sure. For, For real. real. <laughs> For real. The value proposition mm-hmm. is there. Speaking of value proposition... I am still very hungover from Japan. I haven't slept normally, like fully normally Same. in the two weeks I've been back. You I have twice this week passed out in my chair. Just like actually sitting up? Yeah, I wake up looking for my phone and I see it's on the ground <laughs> and I'm like a nanny. <laughs> And I'm just like, wait a minute, what time? It's 2 a.m. in the morning, and I'm in my, I just woke up. I My back hurts. It's that scene from like 28 days later where he wakes up in the hospital. Nobody's there. He goes wandering the streets. Nobody's there. Yeah, it's almost like um, I've missed. I've missed my bedtime in Pokemon Sleep twice this week. Look, it's reminding me, it's giving me like Mila Jovovich feels from like the Resident Evil movies where every time she wakes up, she's like somewhere. She has no idea where she is. And she is in questionable circumstances. Yes. So I need to do something about this. Later on today, I am uh, going to a friend's house for some board You're games. You're going to pass out at the board game for table? Some Halloween board games. And so I am going to stop by the grocery store before heading there, grab a bunch of snacks, getting like eight Red Bulls. Getting getting at least 10 uh, uh, four-hour energies or whatever Ugh. they're called. You're going to have a heart attack. No, I'm, I'm getting like two energy Ugh. drinks. I'm going to get like two energy drinks, and that's unhealthy as it is. And I'm just going to make sure that I stay up until like midnight or something. Every day this week at about 3.30, this wall of sleep just hits me. And mm. I got to make it all the way to 4.30. And then I log off my computer. I go sit downstairs. I look at my phone and then I pass out. On Thursday, apparently, I just fell asleep for two hours yeah. holding my phone, wow. sitting on the couch. So, and Sean did not see a good reason to just wake me up. He also is not dealing well with coming back. Like, jet lag oh, no. is worse uh, coming west, I believe. Um, I recall when I was on my last trip to Japan that when I headed eastward, no issue. Uh, And I can't even tell you like, oh, I slept on the plane or like I did a bunch of trickery. So you had no issue coming home? No, going east. Uh, Do you mean the oriental east? Japan is west from us. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Japan is in the east. (laughs) I head west. I head west. You understand. Thank you for catching. (laughs) Um, There you go. So like going there, no problem. Like literally no trickery, no nothing. I just kind of went there, survived. And then, (laughs) but on the way back, I was jet lagged for like two weeks straight. Uh, I, thankfully I was working like a part-time job at that time that didn't require like a lot of scheduling ahead and I could survive that part of my life. But I basically had to get hurt just to like snap my body out of um, jet lag. And I don't mean this like intentionally. I remember that this was like day, I don't know, nine of jet lag or something like that. And I was like, God, I'm still sleeping all throughout the day. Like, it's just so bad. I need to go outside and like find a way to wake myself up. 
So I decided to order like food from, there's like an A&W around the corner from me. And I was just like, you know, I could have it delivered, but I need to go outside and I'm just trying to, again, get some energy into my body. Mm-hmm. And I go out there, I grab the food, no problem. But on my way back, I think I was just super tired or, you know, being clumsy. I tripped and I fell. And oh. um, I literally like skinned the crap out of my knee and put in my shin. Oh, but no. That, like, and, and that's not like a major injury. You know, it sucks. Everyone's been there. Right. It sucks. But it's not like it's not hospital material. And like, I'm not worried about it. But that shock. Jay checks into the <laughs> ER reporting symptoms of scraped yes, knee. Yes. And having contracted he is tetanus somehow. Yeah. Immediately taken into the OR. <laughs> I mean, I. Look, where this, the this fall happened on 17th half. And kisses the boo boo. <laughs> this fall happened on 17th half. I could have gotten infected by many things. But yes. I, you but yeah, have. like that shock to my body is what definitely got me out of jet lag. Like I, I, Damn. I think that like adrenaline hit and just body was like, what are you doing? Uh, you need to now be awake and tend to yourself and not be stupid. And that's how I beat jet lag. My appetite still hasn't recovered either, though. Like, okay, so when you talk about jet lag and, like, changing around your time rhythm, Mm -hmm. it's a couple of things, right? It's sleep is one of them, but your appetite is it, too. So I will find myself being ridiculously hungry in the middle of the night and just being like, no, stomach, I'm trying to sleep. No. (laughs) I know it's the middle of the afternoon in Japan, but I'm not supposed to be eating right now. I need to be sleeping. As a fat man, I have the wonderful skill of being ready to eat at any point during the day. Wow. How can I gain this power? <laughs> it's not something you can learn from a oh, Jedi. Oh, God. Use Skillshare. I use Skillshare. And you can use coupon code SHEEV to gain 20% off your first... Words oh, at Skillshare again, oh not a God. sponsor, but one of my favorite stupid copy pastas. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So we we. But food hasn't been an issue for me. Only seriously, sleep. okay. I I have had like my stomach just goes into overdrive at two in the morning, and it's like, hey, you should be having lunch or a snack or dinner or something right now. And I'm like, no, I need to sleep. I have to get up in four hours. What are you doing to me? And then I'll spend a solid amount of time between two and 4 a.m. awake, and then I'll just be falling asleep again, and then my alarm goes. The worst. The worst. The actual worst. It is, so back when I used to work night shifts, uh, there is the easy way to reset your sleep schedule and there's the hard way to reset your sleep schedule. The easy way is to just stay up for 24 hours. Like you just power through it. Eventually you get through the sleepy phase and you're now just in the I am dead to the world phase. And then you just vibe with that until you're proper bedtime the next day and then you sleep right it's miserable it's awful that's the easy way what we are currently going through is the hard way where you try to stay to your proper bedtime you go to sleep at your proper bedtime and struggle to stay asleep until you actually want to wake up it is damn near impossible 
eventually you do get there. But it is the hard way. Yeah. And when you have a weekly schedule that requires you to be employed, gainfully employed every day of the week. Yes. Participating Uh, in capitalism. The easy way isn't always possible. True. And like it. So sleep, sleep and and food aside, it's been a little bit of a culture thing, too, because I this happens to me every time I come back from Japan. Why is everything so dirty here? was like the first the first wine out of my mouth. It's like I, I we get off the plane, we're at the airport and I'm like, this airport's dirty. Why is the floor so dirty? Who's been here? Why isn't it being cleaned by sweet, sweet people every day? What's happening? And then I realize I can't just go down to a seven eleven and, and pick up like a cheap, nutritious dinner. I and tell I you, it's one of the most depressing things. You get out from Calgary International Airport, you go down the escalator, the first thing you see is a 7-Eleven off to your left. And it has nothing I want in it. Yep, it's not the 7-Eleven that we deserve. Except there's for Slurpees. No, there's no Calpico, <laughs> there's no like Hojicha that's hot or cold. There's no Onigiri, like there's nothing there. There's no Tamagosando. And- yeah, I know. The Tamago Sando is so good. And like everything that I've conditioned myself to uh, just rely on as an everyday convenience and availability in Japan is just like all of a sudden it's all gone. I need, in the same way that I am honoring, I have honored Costco's CEO decision so far, I need <laughs> to speak with 7-Eleven's CEO and tell me, look, Onigiri, I kind of get it. I mean, rice is not hard to make. And seaweed, also not hard to source. And the fillings, you figure that out. You can have you locally tell me why sourced tom- ones. We have egg salad sandwiches in Canada. They're probably an American or at least a British invention. Yep. Why the hell British. can't we get a better Tamago Sando here? <laughs> Who it's- is making those terrible decisions? <laughs> And like it's it's that it's like the the vast availability of literally no matter where you go, if you step into a cafe for dessert, or a, an omurice or a kare rice place, mm-hmm. it's all good, and it's all very very well priced. Mm-hmm. So we come back, and um, I don't remember if I specifically talked about this on podcast last week, but in Ginza, there's just dessert places everywhere. And they're mm. all amazing. There was a souffle pancake place we went to. There was literally a waffle place right next to that that we went to to eat lunch while we waited on the wait list for the souffle pancake yes, place. Like I had like part. a whole dessert day yeah. and I missed it so much. Like today we woke up and I was like, I'm going to braise some pears. We are going to make waffles. It's going to be as amazing as it can be. Dang it. And so we did. And it was great, but it's just still not the same. We have crawfuls. We have crawfuls, but they're kind of greasy. I think it depends on where you go. Like, what is a, a croissant? It's a croissant. A croissant. But you put it in a waffle iron. A waffle maker. <laughs> croissant. It's, ex- it's croissant. Croiss- but like, we don't bake it first. We yeah. take the actual like croissant that's proofed, and then we just croissant. shove that right into directly into a waffle iron understandable it's kind of greasy and i feel like everything i had in japan was like the right amount of greasy it was never overly yeah. greasy maybe it's a type thing like i don't know what the maybe. the primary cooking oil is in japan actually i know they really like their butter but for traditional things they don't use butter 
They also, but they also use a lot of cooking spray. But we're talking about things like takoyaki and uh, taiyaki molds. Like it's vegetable like oil. I just don't know what kind. I just I realized so. I didn't have any takoyaki. <gasps> That's Bro. a crime. Bro. I guess we're going back, Angela. Yeah, Let's go. Man. What the fuck you know, did I I'm, do? Uh, I have this little trip planned. <laughs> you yeah. See. So um, so we're 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 gonna fit into Jay's luggage. Oh. Ta- takoyaki. I've only got three vacation days left. It's for fine, the you year. can work remotely. Uh, Bro, can, your your sleep schedule your I sleep can't. schedule is still borked. Yeah, so your use sleep it while schedule you is can. already okay, yeah. and so is your eating schedule. You're fine. Yeah. The problem is that I would get over there, and somehow my sleep schedule would just get fucked up on the plane. <laughs> your did you did you stay or go to Osaka, Angelo? Oh, we okay. Because like no takoyaki um, is the thing and, to get in Osaka. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name. It starts with an what? O. It's the pancake. Okonomiyaki, Okonomiyaki is also Okonomiyaki. that, and yakisoba. Those are like <sighs> the three big street foods of Osaka. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that go, one chef has ruined okonomiyaki for me. You go to Dotanya. Uh, you go to Dotanbori, and you uh, just Dotanbori, walk down yeah. and there's just taiyaki stands or uh, takoyaki stands everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Nice. It's a wonderful some, sight to behold. We had some taiyaki. I have so much oh. more. So much so more much. to do next time I'm in Japan. And the one thing that I want, I want a better camera to document yeah. it all with. And I mean a better phone uh, camera. I don't want to hold yeah. a second. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nancy, you you actually saw some phone stuff in so Japan. So, while we were in Akiba. So, Akiba is Weeb Central. There Ooh. are so, so many. Like, there's there's three animates, like, within walking distance of each other. Mm-hmm. There's two Amiyamis within walking distance of each other. It's an amazing place. There's a Tamashi Nations right outside the train station. It's great. It is it's so, so good. cool. We saw so much stuff there. But as we were walking down the street the first day, so what happened was we got to Akiba a day before Angelo and Dio did. So that first day when we were wandering around, I noticed there was a whole lot of Google branding and they were setting up Omatsuri. And I was like, what oh. do you mean you're setting up Akimatsuri? What's happening here? And for those who may not know, Japan has a ton of festivals all year round devoted to very different for things. Every occasion. <laughs> very so in this case it was the fall festival, Akimatsuri. Mm-hmm. And so you go and you're like, what are y'all setting up? And and the the guy answers me in like broken English and says, Oh, uh, uh Matsuri and I'm like, Yes, I know what that is. And he's like, Matsuri, uh Google Pixel Ga and I was like, Oh, the Pixel 8 launch tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, 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 that one. Mm. And so I'm, I'm watching them. They're setting up like game stands for all of, for, for games. Cause uh, an integral thing of festivals in Japan is there are games to play. So they're setting up games for something. You don't exactly know what yet. Cause they're still putting all the stands together and all the Google branding, but you can see that it's Google Pixel branding and it's, it's just this beautiful stuff. So. I'm like, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. And they're like, okay, it's only happening for two days. And I was like, oh, okay, then I'll c- definitely come back tomorrow. Interesting. So the next day, we come back with Angelou and Dio. <laughs> There's a Google Pixel stand. It takes up like a really good chunk of a corner of this pedestrian walkway. And they have games for translation. So what we did 
uh, a lot of whenever we went to shrines, Angelo Dio and I, we would go and ask the shrine gods for favor. What is the favor that you grant me for, you know, X amount of indeterminate time? Uh, sometimes we get really bad ones and sometimes we get good ones. They had the same game, a huge version of it. You shake a stick out and it has a number on it and they give you a fortune. But because they're trying to show off Google Pixel uh, stuff that's exclusive to the 8 and the 8 Pro, these are tr- these are fortunes that are all written in various languages. And then oh. they make they ask you to use the Google Pixel 8 to use the translate function to tell you what your fortune says. Mm-hmm really cute they also had like a game to do you know like the matchy matchy game where it's like what's the differences between the left and the right yeah it's the same photo but there are differences they do that game but the game is that you take the photo on that google pixel 8 and you use magic eraser to erase things out of it until it matches the other one. Oh, that's pretty cool oh like my. it's just like so, showing off the active ai exactly uh, The whole point of this event is they set up a bunch of fun festival games, but the whole point is that you use the new phone that they're launching and all the fun features on it to play a game. And at the end of it, they gave me a little card like, oh, here's a gift. And the gift is you go down to Yorobashi and they give you like a Google Pixel tote bag or something. Oh, that's cool. Which was cool. But the entire time we were there, Sean just kept... He had this really pensive look. Like, he was enjoying the event for, like, just the fun of the event. But he was very seriously considering getting a Google Pixel 8. Because he has a 7 that he didn't get not that long ago, right? Like, mm-hmm. the 7 only happened back in, what, and spring? And the 7 is a robust phone. Like, it's a good The 7 phone. is a very robust phone. But the thing is, is he was keeping an eye on the launch because he wanted the new Pixel 2 watch. But if you get a pro, a watch comes for free. So that basically cuts the quote-unquote cost of the new phone down to about half. And then you also take into account the fact that he got the 7 on a fantastic deal. Mm -hmm. And he can sell the 7 now. Exactly. Yeah. So he he sprung for it. Like immediately after that, he was like on his phone ordering the Google (laughs) Pixel 8 Pro and getting a new phone and watch that just showed up earlier this week. But Jay, I heard you got a new phone too. I got the iPhone 15 Pro. <laughs> I did not get the that iPhone 15. That was my 15, 15 right there. Never. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I also updated to the uh, to the Pixel 8 Pro. Um, it's been a really good experience, very smooth like transition over even from my 4A, which actually we all had at some point yeah. or still have it's a good yeah. phone i never updated to like a 7 or anything intermediately i just mm-hmm. went straight up to the 8 pro which is like a pretty big jump because the 4a or any of the a series of the pixel phones are there like uh light they're the, yeah, budget, the phones. budget phones but they're not bad at all they're mm-hmm. just i'm still rocking the 4a yeah. and i mm-hmm. love it i would say the reasons why i moved up from the 4a is literally I busted the screen on mine and it was still working, but it was no longer go- like truly an intact phone. And I was like, this has a really short shelf life. Like, I just don't know when that's that, that, that it's going to fall off a cliff and not work anymore. It could exactly. go at any time. Exactly. And the camera is like not that good. The, a- the AI for the camera, the so- sorry, I shouldn't say AI for that specific camera. The software for that camera is pretty good. But the like actual hardware and software improvements in 
uh, Pixel 8 Pro would be like massive. And the yeah. reason why I got it was just because I have my big trip coming up. Um, and, and you wanted want a better to be camera to, for yeah, it. I actually wanted a bigger camera, but I am like not a photographer. I don't necessarily want to carry around DSLR. I understand that those are better cameras, but that's not how I want to enjoy my trips because I am not like, I'm not trying to photograph the trip. I am trying to make memories Experience of the trip. And that's actually it. something different. Totally. You know? And Sean very much views traveling the same way. So when he got his phone, he was like, I wish I had this two weeks ago. Yeah. And so the timing works out super well for you, Jay, because you're going to be going on a trip after you get your phone, which yeah. you already have and you've got it set up and it sounds like you're enjoying it. Uh, Sean was going back through some of our photos that we took when we were in like Miyajima and going up the mountain and a whole bunch of our like Nada shots and mm -hmm. just trying out the new AI edit mode where you can... Like, it's not the same as the Magic Eraser. Are you saying he it's took like photos actual... of your existing photos? <laughs> he made new photos oh, okay. out of our existing vacation photos by yeah. editing out people. Yes. Like, he took out people. Because there's, there's always a lot of people. There's always a lot of tourists. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can wait for a long time to get that no tourist shot. Mm -hmm. Or you can just take the shot and just go. Yeah. Like, there were a couple yeah. of times um, when we were walking around places at night. So there was one night where we went to Fushimiyanari at night where the whole shrine is lit up in a bunch of places with lights. And there's this one walkway with lanterns that I really wanted a nice shot of. But I was, like, crouched down for 15 minutes waiting for, like, the perfect spot. Just waiting. I'm just like, I just need that person to leave. Mm -hmm. And then that person would stick around for another 10 minutes. And, like, I, I gave up eventually. And so did Sean. But he took mm. some of those photos and he just edited the people out. And it's pretty passable. It's way better than the Magic Eraser. Magic Eraser still leaves like a bunch of, you know, pretty obvious blotches behind. Yeah. The AI edit mode, it's actually really hard to tell. Yeah. I think the AI edit mode, um, it probably, I don't know that much about uh, like photography AI at this time. Uh, I know a little bit more about like AI generative, but I'm pretty sure like how it patches things out is actually really smart because it has access to like millions if probably like more of like surrounding imagery especially for things like the Eiffel Tower, Fushimi Inari, like like places that are tourist hotspots and they can just source so many like literal individual pixels then just do a color match and the patching is like it's not difficult at all. And it's actually like such a quick process considering how much data is being sifted through to generate that, to help generate like the rest of that image. It's actually super, super uh, impressive. And the other thing I'm looking forward to is like you mentioned the translating. I've already mm -hmm. uh, properly downloaded um, like translate app and languages mm -hmm, I need mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. like I've just tested conversational like Chinese just to see oh, yeah. how fast it like rolls uh, through the, the, the translation and how accurate it is and I would say like I'd give it a solid eight and a half maybe even a nine in I terms of really... how fast wow. it translates Yeah, and we're talking about like a we're not talking about a situation where it's like you and I are specifically I don't know in a little booth talking to each other it's like in a room where there's going to be other people, background noises. Um, yeah, you're in a restaurant. Exactly, like like yeah. places where conversations take place. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm super for uh, looking forward to just speaking English <laughs> and having <laughs> so, Japanese come out. <laughs> so uh, we we did this thing in Japan where we we were actually celebrating like an anniversary out there. So we went to like a, a ring shop where they they help you make silver rings together and you you mm-hmm. get to pattern it yourself you texture it yourself mm-hmm. and at some point the the lady who was helping us we had a question about the engraving and so she literally just is like uh hold on a second like holds up her finger and is like just wait a second and she types out this whole long very long paragraph in google translate and then she, she translates it over into english <laughs> for us and we're like oh i understand and like yeah. none of it is something that I didn't already pick up from other things she had said, but she wanted to make sure that Sean understood. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a really nice, um, just in case here is the translation of everything I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like it's, it's incredibly uh, common to see people randomly communicating with each other in Japan with tourists by using Google translate. It's actually quite nice. Yeah, it is a huge huge yeah. tool i um so i also got the watch for my pre-order bonus nice but it also the other option uh, again google is not a sponsor um <laughs> the other option is like uh the earbuds and i thought about getting them i kind of forget not getting them because i don't really need a watch i just picked the watch because it was like higher value and i could sell it faster but uh <laughs> sure. I kind I've I've heard that the I haven't looked at reviews and I can't test the functionality but um I've heard like the translation app like feeding through your earbuds is also quite smooth so hmm. you essentially you can almost look like you're having a conversation with someone because you have like almost Star Trek-like translation type, you know, technology where... Google has reinvented the battle. Oh, of, no. Right? Like, but that's... Like, that would be... It, it, if we ever, like, truly... And I think we're getting there. Solidify um, even at least, like, verbal communication mm-hmm. um, between all parties from all backgrounds. If you could just get that instant translation... It would be so cool and so, I would hope, progressive for, like, society. Just to be able to communicate like that. Mm-hmm. I Definitely. mean, it takes away the need to learn a different language, which kind of sucks. But You I know what I would cool. really love to see featured as a language in Google Translate? There would be one very solid reason to still learn the language. What? But I'll get to that after Nancy says I, I would love to see Cantonese. Because as a language, as dialects go, that one is very underrepresented in most translation apps. Okay. Uh, Google, Google's, so what I was Google has say. Cantonese. It's Mandarin. No, it has... I, I don't see Cantonese in here. No, I'm saying that you can... Sorry, Angelo, but just... I'm not saying... Uh, I don't know <laughs> about the translation part. Because um, I, I didn't look specifically... But I can also tell you that you, like Google has a Cantonese base because you can, I use text-to-speech Cantonese. What? Where, where is this feature I demand do you to use see? The, do you use like the actual Google keyboard? Uh, and then you have I languages. Mean, I'll show you. I'll, I can't I'll show you on after. my phone, but okay, yeah. cool. So anyways, I was going to say, 
the one reason why you would still use uh, or still learn the language over using like just Google Translate or some technological babblefish mm-hmm. is that you would have a, a control over your tone. Ah, uh, yes. You'd be able to swear. <laughs> I think that in like as the technology improves, you would be able to contextualize like um for example what's the what's the idioms 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 like if uh, you say you know common vernacular uh, yeah like things like uh the uh early bird catches the worm you, that might not translate into like, like that's probably a pretty common one, so they probably catch that but i'm just saying like if, if it literally says the bird eats worm in the morning it's like in French. What are you talking this, about? You know, then it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But if the idiom can be like the early bird translated into another says, idiom. Yeah, it translates either into a uh, relevant idiom or it goes, you know, like uh, the metaphor is like maybe it has to explain it. But that's still better than people going like, what are you talking about? That is why would you just say birds catch worms? Like, yeah, OK, cool. <laughs> what you do know? you mean? Darmok and Jalad on the ocean? This makes no sense. It's true. Dalak with arms wide. <laughs> it's okay, so it's it's basically like being able to translate a culture that speaks in meme. Like if I think the one my of the biggest generation. <laughs> yeah. So like the biggest problem with uh, cultural contextualization in that case is that meme culture moves along at a pretty quick clip. You'd have to, you'd have to stay culturally up to date all the time, mm-hmm. and because the internet is everywhere, like if a meme originates in Japan or China or Canada, it may or may not reach all audiences everywhere. But it's mm-hmm. still an applicable part of or a reference point for the people who do get it. My favorite thing in meme culture is how, over the course of about ten to fifteen years now. We have seen in real time a full-on image evolve to Cooney form. Oh God! And that is loss. Loss. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, loss. I know exactly what you're talking about. You can oh. take it's loss. Redu- it's been reduced. You can to draw a f- couple like lines, lines, and yeah. everyone understands what you're talking about. Well, not yeah. everyone. The, the I think well, no. I think I think uh, Zoomers the don't understand. The literate people understand what you're talking about. Yeah. The learned the people. people. The learned. I was there when the, the whole hieroglyphic was written, which do not recite it to me. I was there before <laughs> it was a hieroglyph, even. I read that comic before it became a meme. Yeah. 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 I remember, like, checking Control Alt Delete every day, and I was seeing this, this that, comic, was and I was so... like, well, this is a little bit out of, uh, out of character. It was mm-hmm. so out of. It, it was so. Uh, like, Control Alt Delete was actually quite a large part of the collective consciousness of nerddom in like 2002 mm-hmm. you know yeah and then it just like it literally was- the guy got tired of doing the comic couldn't find a way out ended it probably in the weirdest way possible uh and taking something that was such su- like it's not a light subject matter right it's not that wasn't the end though it that was the it was the cultural end of that it was the cultural end, but no, they they did not mean for that to be the end of the comic. 
No, because they rebooted Eventually, it. Eventually, they retired the the main cast of yeah. Ethan and uh, what's his face and uh, Lucas Girl. And, yeah, yeah, and Girl. I love that we just end Girl. <laughs> well, I can't I even remember. remember the guy with the black hair. But they have rebooted. They have rebooted it. To, I think at some point I looked at it, but hmm. it's, well, they rebooted it as like player one, two, and yeah, three, yeah. and four. Interesting. Okay. I don't. I, I haven't followed it in a long time, and I'm and not going to. Even that was like ten years ago. Remember VG Cats? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Remember? I Mega still Tokyo? reference VG remember? Cats a lot. <laughs> I feel like the only web comic I remember, even from that era now, is XKCD. It's the and only one that keeps going. going. Penny and Arcade. Still relevant. Uh, something that came way later, but actually has a. Dear place in my heart is Saturday morning breakfast cereal. Yeah, oh, I see yeah, that's yeah, still yeah. going. I'm fairly. I certain. feel like it's like XKCD, but just with better art. And yes, and one hundred percent, I agree. And and they tell they they tell stories sometimes, whereas XKCD typically likes to explain concepts. It like to explain concepts or just get out a cheeky joke. There is yeah. definitely a punchline to every XKCD. Yes. Oh, Mac Hall. Mac Hall. Loved Mac, Mac Hall. Hall. I don't remember. Mac artists, Hall was amazing. The artists of whom were guests at Odafest back in the day when we started doing guests. True. And mm-hmm. we also have, uh, we didn't have, sorry, but there's another Canadian uh, webcomic artist that I haven't thought about for a long time, which is like Clone Manga. They had some, con- they have some really manga. controversial comics, but the art style is really unique. Hmm. Fair enough. Yes. Hmm. Wow. I'm not saying I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that, was that the a art throwback. Yeah. This last five minutes has been a really big throwback. Wow. Yeah, this is the jet lag of our lives. <laughs> Nostalgia this is the jet lag the of jet our existence. Lag of our lives. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me while I go cry into a kabocha and try and recreate all the cuisine that I had earlier this month. Ah, seasoning the kabocha with tears. Yeah. The true peak of culinary perfection. Yep. That's going to take a while, so I think we'll hear back about this kabocha on next episode Indeed. of Odafest Podcast. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>